I'm Ashley. I'm Jen. And I'm Sarah. And we are Unabridged, the podcast where teachers take on books. Join us each week for bookish episodes and check out our website, unabridgedpod.com, where you can find lots of new bookish content every week. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at unabridgedpod and message us there or see our website to get plugged into the unabridged community. You want opinions about books? We've got them. And welcome to Unabridged. This is episode 211. So we have two purposes for this one. This is our challenge recap for 2021 and our reading goals and challenges for 2022. Before we get started with our episode, I just want to mention that we have a robust social media presence. So we do a lot on social media and really have a great community there. So you can check us out on Instagram at UnabridgedPod. And there we have lots of great topics to discuss in our main feed, but we also have a lot of community groups. So we support each other with our reading challenges. We have one for that. We do buddy reads and book club chats every month on Instagram. And if you are interested in helping to promote unabridged in other ways, we also have an unabridged ambassadors chat and we love checking in with our ambassadors to help us make decisions about the direction of the podcast. We are also on Facebook and on Facebook, we also have a challenge group there. So if that's more your speed, we can definitely add you there. And again, people just offer support and ideas for books for their reading challenges. And we also post lots of stuff to Pinterest and to Twitter. So wherever you are, you can find us at Unabridged Pod. And yeah, we'd love to have you join us. Okay, we are going to start with our bookish check-in. Ashley, what are you reading? So these days I am reading way too many books, even for me. Maybe I will hope for in 2022 a clean start here. But right now I have not gotten there and I got to clean up my long list. And one of them, and I'm also doing a bad job. Not only am I reading a lot, but as often happens, I have a lot of them unfinished. So there's just this like long digital stack happening. But one of them that I'm loving is John Green's The Anthropocene Reviewed. And I believe Sarah and Jen have both listened to this. Is that right? I read I read the print. Yeah. Okay. So Jen read and Sarah listened. Yes. And John Green does read it himself. And I have access thanks to Libro FM and their ALC program. And I absolutely love it. I will say that the beginning. I almost sent a picture to Jen and Sarah of me like boohooing through the beginning because I just did not expect the poignancy of his opening part of the book, but he really just, I mean, it's written during the pandemic and he really just talks about what that feels like. And I think in that opening part, it really captures how for all of us living through it, it was this like before and after and that feeling of this is the thing. And so everything else that is going on suddenly is, is not the thing. And we all know that the thing is the pandemic and just like how that felt for him personally, what it felt like going through it. So I, I just, I wasn't expecting that. I loved what he had to say, but I was also like, oh no, this is sad. <laughs> and, and so then that kind of, I kind of stalled out for a little bit and then had to come back around, but I absolutely love it. I am captivated by John Green's perspective on things. And he has a podcast as well on this topic. And I haven't listened yet, but I definitely plan to. I just, it, it's bringing me such joy 
to remember. I haven't read any of his books in a while. I've read all of his work. And so it's been a while since I read something of his. And it's just so fun to hear his voice, to see the way that he thinks. And so this is really a rating system on a wide array of different things in our world. And so it's just really fascinating. I recently finished a part that was focused on scratch and sniff stickers. And <laughs> and it just is, I mean, as that topic suggests, it is hilarious and also just spot on observations that are so insightful about how remarkable humanity is, but also how problematic humanity is. And I am finding a lot of comfort in the things that he talks about and in thinking about things in an interesting way. I just think I've realized that a lot of the topics have stayed with me. Like I said, I kind of stalled out and came back. And as that time has passed in between, I'll remember things that he talked about. I mean, something that was really fascinating was uh, talking him exploring if you looked at all of time as a timeline that's over a 12-month year. I don't know, Jen and Sarah, if you all remember that, but it was just like so fascinating to listen to, you know, if we dial it all down to this shorter time frame, just how unbelievably tiny all of, of human history is in that spectrum. And so I just love that. It's, it's really fascinating to hear him explore these topics and to look take take kind of a deep dive into something that often we don't spend a lot of time thinking about and then give it a rating. And I just love all of it. It's been great. So that is John Green's The Anthropocene Reviewed. And on the audio, he does read it, which I'm really enjoying hearing him read it himself. Yeah, the tears were real with that one for me too. I'm Yeah. And I was sort of expecting it because I do listen to the podcast and that often happens. Like he'll start with this thing that you think is going to be really silly and then it ends it gets to this really poignant place. So it's kind of prepared, but not completely. <laughs> <laughs> it did. It just caught me off guard. And I was like, oh gosh, I'm not ready for this. And it was in the fall. And I try in the fall each year to kind of avoid all things unnecessarily sad. And so, so I'm circling back around and I really, I love what he has to say. So insightful. All right, Sarah, what are you reading? So reading has been a little bit difficult for me lately. So I have been looking for ways to both feed my family and also streamline the process. So I have this cookbook. So I've been actually reading through lots of recipes and cookbooks. And I have a cookbook by Cassie Joy Garcia. And it's called Cook Once, Eat All Week, 26 Weeks of Gluten-Free Affordable Meal Prep to Preserve Your Time and Sanity. And I love this book. I've cooked out of it before. And what she does is she starts with a protein, a vegetable, and then some sort of starch, such as a starchy vegetable or a potato or something like that. And she basically has recipes that will, you will use those items to cook three, three dinners for the week. And then she has optional other ones, but I really like it because you can kind of prep your food and then put it together and then it just saves so much time. So I've tried out several of the week's recipes and we have thought they were really tasty. My husband enjoyed them. So I really like that cookbook. It saves me time and it does preserve my sanity at times. And uh, I, I really highly recommend it. And as you know, if you listen, I'm somewhat of a cookbook connoisseur. I love cookbooks. I love reading recipes. And so this is also kind of like a comfort read for me to like look through my cookbooks and like make plans about what I'm going to 
cook for my family. So that is Cassie Joy Garcia's Cook Once, Eat All Week, 26 Weeks of Gluten-Free Affordable Meal Prep to Preserve Your Time and Sanity. And I highly recommend it. That one sounds great, Sarah. I the cookbooks that we have that I love all came from your recommendations. So I'm totally like, (laughs) yes, I want this one. We'll definitely be buying it in the new year here, and and we'll report back. Yeah. Jen, what are you reading? So this one is a reread for me. I am reading Benjamin O'Leary Science's Aristotle and Dante Discover the Secrets of the Universe. And I am listening to the audio because Lin-Manuel Miranda reads it. And I I have, yeah, it's really good. I have this sequel, Aristotle and Dante Dive into the Waters of the World, but I checked and I had read the original book back in 2013. So it's been long enough that details are super fuzzy. And I thought, why not listen this time? And yeah, the audio is fabulous. The story is so, I had forgotten so much of it. So it is about two teenage boys Aristotle is the protagonist and the narrator, and he goes by Ari. And Ari is in a family that they love each other a lot, but they are very emotionally close off from each other. So Ari has three older siblings. He is 15. He has twin sisters who are 27 and an older brother who is 25 and is in prison. And his family never talks about his older brother. It's like when he went to prison, he disappeared off the face of the earth. Ari's dad served in Vietnam and definitely has PTSD, but never talks about his experiences, rarely talks at all, in fact. So Ari just feels like he doesn't know his dad very well. And his mom sometimes will share, but she is also, you know, again, pretty closed off, pretty, she she sort of circles up when she's stressed. And Ari is deeply lonely. He has no friends. He lives a very solitary life. And so, yeah, it, it's it's really sad. He meets over the summer between his sophomore and junior years, a boy named Dante. And of course, they first bond because their names are a little strange, Aristotle and Dante. And Dante is just completely different. He's an only child. He is open about everything. He and his parents are really openly affectionate. And so the first time that Ari goes to their house, he's shocked to see like Dante's dad kiss him on the cheek and give him a big hug and say, I love you right in front of Ari and Ari and Dante is not embarrassed about any of it at all. So he just, they become really good friends and yet their personalities are so, so different. And then I feel like everything after that is a spoiler. So there are all of these things that they go through together But because you're experiencing the whole story through Aristotle's point of view, you just see how difficult it is. He wants to reach out. He wants to be more open, but it's really, really hard for him. So, yeah, it is a beautiful story. And I would love to know if anybody else has read it. It's one of those I would love to talk about. But anyway, so that is Benjamin O'Leary Sciences, Aristotle and Dante Discover the Secrets of the Universe. And I cannot wait to read book two once I finish this one. And I wanted to tack on that I did start book two, Jen, and I also don't remember book one very well. So I may go back and listen to book one. That is one of the many on my digital stack that I kind of stalled out on. And it was partially because I love them and I love their world like I so right away I'm enjoying that part 
but it is one of those where not remembering the first book is significant <laughs> it's not one where it's like it doesn't matter if you don't remember if they don't give you all the back hints so for anybody listening who is in that situation i do recommend a rereading because i wish that i had done that right away and i still may do it especially now i might try to listen that sounds fun it's really good. All right. Well, we are going to shift gears and we are going to talk first about our reading challenges that we took on for 2021 and just do a bit of a recap about how we ended the year. So Sarah, how did your reading challenges go? So if you remember way back in 2020, my reading challenges were abysmal at this point. I had accomplished nothing. <laughs> and my pandemic reading was not great, but I'm happy to report that this year's reading challenges, I feel like number one, I, I mean, of course I did our unabridged reading challenge. And then I felt like I picked one that was right for me with beyond the bookends 2021 reading challenge. And they went great. I've completed both and I feel very happy about that. The Beyond the Bookends reading challenge is just one book in a certain category a month. And I was I felt like that was approachable and accessible for me. And so I was able to do that each month. And I read a few things that I probably wouldn't have read, but that that I really enjoyed. The one that I think of um, the most is Tokyo Ever After. Oh, I just yeah. love that so much. And I didn't even that what I didn't even know that that was a book that was out. And so then because I was looking for a book set in Japan, I found this really awesome YA title that I thoroughly enjoyed and thought was really great. So I, I really enjoyed the challenge. And so they went, both of mine went excellently this year, especially compared to 2020. But I had nowhere <laughs> I to like go we, but up. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like we could say that about so many things. But yeah, that's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Ashley, how about you? <laughs> My report is good, but perhaps not as stellar as Sarah's. <laughs> maybe I should have let her, maybe I should have gone first so we could build up for me. No, but, uh, <laughs> we're recording this a tiny bit before January 5th. And so I am hopeful still that I'm going to wrap up in this last little bit of December that I'm going to wrap up a couple of the months. So I did the Unabridged Challenge was great for me. And like Sarah said, I think that finding a challenge that works for you is really important. And I definitely learned some things from the year before. My 2020 was not as I didn't feel as discouraged at the end as I think Sarah did. But <laughs> I did learn that I needed something that helped me pace my challenge or I would wait on everything. And I definitely have done better with that. So I did the Uncorked Reading Challenge this past year. And it was a book a month, kind of like Sarah's. And that did work well for me, but there were a couple I got hung up on. And then those are still the, there's like one, the thing that I um, really struggled with was there was a book that was translated from Spanish. That was what the book should be. And you think that'd be no problem in my family, but it was kind of like, I chose one that I know that my partner loves. It is a book I really want to read. The, the, character is in Morocco for part of it. And then it's written in Spanish and translated. I mean, all of that just seems great and like fitting for where I am, but it was kind of, it's a long book and it was daunting to get into it. And so it's that kind of thing that like I, that I'm still hoping in this last little bit of December to squeeze in a 
of work in translation from Spanish because I realized that was just not the right fit for that month. So I feel like that was the main thing that I learned is that most of the months, like Sarah was saying about Tokyo Ever After, there were books like Ariadne was one for me that it was set on an island and I absolutely loved it probably wouldn't have chosen it, but that was the challenge for the month. And so because of that, I read it. So I think it did what I wanted it to do in the sense that it pushed me to read things I wouldn't have read otherwise, but it was not so overwhelming. So yeah, I, I'm happy to report in general, it worked really well. I still can't quite check off that I did all 12 months, but I'm hoping to finish up. And like I said, it was that one month especially, but there were quite a few months starting in around, around the time that my family left the U.S., around that time so like in april and may around that time i started being behind and then it was hard for me to catch up so it was like i did great through april didn't quite finish my april book and then it was like oh i still haven't finished august but i'm now in september and so i think that is kind of the downside so for people who are choosing challenges for 2022 i think there's a benefit to having ones that do like the every month but the disadvantages it's easy if you get behind to feel like you can't quite catch up and that was kind of what happened for me so that's kind of the downside of that one but then i did feel like it helped me in general with the pacing because the year before i did modern mrs darcy and that one was great but i found it was great in the sense that it you know i read some things i would have read otherwise so i like that but then it was like in december i still had i don't know you know three or four to go and i felt the weight of that whereas like i've done a lot better with pacing and what i like about ours is that it does we don't pace it month to month but i do think that some of them are a little bit more of a stretch but some are things that in your normal reading life you will read them and i think i find comfort in that finding those challenges that you're some of them you're going to check off no matter what, whereas others are kind of pushing you. I think that's kind of a nice balance for readers is to find something that, you know, there are parts that you feel a little stretched, but that the whole thing is not a, a big stretch because that can feel very daunting. So Yeah. And I found too, like, I agree with that totally. And I've, I've, found that like in January, I feel super ambitious and I'm like, I'm going to do all these things. I'm going to read all these. And I just like, I think in 2020, that's what happened. I like felt that I was going to have more time, which I did not. And that, and I know I'm a slow reader. And I also know that like, I'm a, I'm a mood reader. So like if, if my mood is down, then I want to read, I want like some options that are not really heavy and stuff. And I think a lot of times challenges are set up for us to like stretch ourselves, but oftentimes that means reading texts that are really difficult. And that is what I liked about my challenge is like, there is space to do like the categories are broad enough. And I think that's what we do. What Like what is nice about an abridged reading challenge is like, there is space to read that type of book if that's what you want. But there's also space to pick something lighter within that category. If you can, you know, if you need that at that time. So I think for me, like realizing what I need to hone in on with what, how I know I am as who I am as a reader has made it easier for me to be successful this year as opposed to some of the other years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you want it to be fun. I mean, that's yeah. the thing is that I definitely felt discouraged at the end of 2020 that I didn't quite complete it. And I'm still wanting to finish this little bit, but I can, <laughs> at least I feel close on this one and that's comforting. Yeah. So I yeah. think I didn't know that prior to doing challenges, I didn't know that like you do, you want them to be fun. You want them to be approachable. And it actually, like you said, for unabridged, like you don't want it to be so difficult. Like, yeah, I think that is spot on about like in January, the year seems so long 
and you feel so good <laughs> and then the fall comes and you're like oh my gosh it's already october and i still have these 10 categories to go you know yeah. you, you don't want that to be your experience so i think right. like i love that about ours i think that's worked for me with un the uncorked one but yeah like that it's nice to find something that is encouraging but also realistic because it does feel, at least for me, it felt personally discouraging, which I didn't really expect. I thought I'd be okay. Like I do it. I don't do it. It's fine. Mm -hmm. But I am very goal driven. So <laughs> I should know that about myself. That like, of course, <laughs> of course, it's going to feel disappointing. So, you know, you want to, you want to find something that fits. Yeah, for sure. What about you, Jen? What is, what is your status? So I am compulsive, as many of you have figured out. And we are recording a little early, but I was bound and determined to finish my challenge before we recorded so that I could say I had done all of them. So last night, I finished <laughs> the last book I needed for one of my challenges. So I did, thank you. I did the Universe Reading Challenge. And I have to say, I do think the other thing that's great about that one for us is because we have bookish faves and because we have episodes about those categories, we are reading for that also which can also help you. So we are doing the Unabridged Challenge again in 2022. We have a bonus episode all about that that we'll link to in the show notes. But we are mindful of the fact that some of those categories are harder. So rest assured, if you want to sign up with us, again, we have social media communities and we are going to have episodes and posts that will help you find books that will meet those categories, which again, are pretty broad. So you can choose a lighter book in response to some of those prompts. But yeah, so I love the Annabridge Reading Challenge. I was really happy with the way that turned out. I also did the Tournament of Books that I love. I follow that every year and that happens in March. And then they also have Camp T.O.B. in summer. So I read those books. And then the one Which that I Which is a I huge finished, accomplishment. I just want to yes, pause to I say mean, all the things I just said about not stretching yourself a lot, that Tournament of Books is definitely hard work. And yes. I am so impressed, Jen, that you got through all oh, of those this year. Because I, I know that's a lot. But it's, I mean, it's really cool. It's so yeah. cool to be part of I really of it. like, I just am always so, I love reading those decisions so much. And of course, you can read them even if you haven't read the books, but they definitely resonate more if you've read the books. And they always have these quirky picks that, again, I would never pick up on my own. But it is nice to read those, but to feel supported that there's this community discussing them. The one I finished last night was the 21 backlist in 2021. And yeah, I just, I, I buy a lot of books. I own a lot of books, but there is always the stuff that I need to read for the podcast and the things that I need to read for school. And then the shiny new book that is available at my library that I can't resist picking up off the new release shelf. <laughs> and even though I really want to read the books that I buy, I have just found that that challenge has helped me over the past few years be really intentional about reading books that I own. So I'm happy that I finished that one. I have some, well, we'll talk about next year in a minute. So, but yeah, awesome. Well, yay. I'm very proud of us. Me too. Great, great. I job. will say having had to report back in uh, January of 2021 about how terribly I did <laughs> in 2020 definitely motivated me this year to be like, I will finish <laughs> because that was not great. So that is motivating to have the two of you also to hold me accountable a little bit and also the <laughs> listeners so that I don't have to come for 
two years in a row and say, I have failed <laughs> and I'm ashamed. <laughs> no, I, I think that's exactly it is like finding the thing that is right for you, but a little accountability does go a long way also because, and that's why we have our group on Facebook. That's why we do the posts and stuff. And that we do want to cheer you on. And I have found that with Uncorked that like there's a group for that and people make recommendations and stuff. So one of the things was for true crime which I am just not into. We will, we will likely, we're thinking about touching on that later this year. So you'll get to hear all my feelings about true crime. But I think something you realize when you do a challenge is the genres that are really easy for you, but also the ones that are really hard. Mm -hmm. And so it was helpful to have some people who were making recommendations. So like Jen said, I mean, that's something that we really prioritize in our episodes and our blog posts and in organizing things on the website are is so that you feel like for those genres that do feel like a stretch that you know where to go to get a nice long list because you just right. really want to see uh, you know sometimes i just need to look at a lot of different covers and i found myself googling that for challenges so yeah i do think it's good to pick ones that are that feel doable to you to remember that the year goes faster than you think it's going to but also that a little accountability is really helpful and having somebody that you feel like you're kind of reporting to, but also that can give you some ideas. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and I do want to say, so we're going to shift over to our goals for 2022 in just a minute, but I want to say, you know, we do have the Unabridged Challenge. You can go to our website and sign up for that. You don't have to sign up. Of course, you can just participate, but I do think that sense of accountability and just having a community that you're reporting back to is helpful. So we've added some ways that you can share what you've been reading with the challenge this year. So we have a stories template that you can kind of fill in as you go and share that on Instagram. We have a Google form that you can fill out as you're finishing. We have uploaded to StoryGraph the challenge. So if anybody uses StoryGraph, which is kind of like Goodreads, but you can put challenges in there. And I think all of those are really, really helpful in just saying, hey, I did this thing this month and maybe next month will be worse. But it's nice to have that moment of like positive feedback. That, yeah. Yes, I did a thing. Yeah. So. All right. Well, so again, we are doing the unabridged reading challenge in 2022. I think it's safe to say as we look toward 2022, we are all doing that. So I'll just <laughs> go ahead and get that out of the way. That's on all of our lists. We'll start with Ashley. Ashley, what other challenge or challenges are you planning to take on in 2022? Yeah, so I was really pleased with the Uncorked Reading Challenge last year. So I am going to do that one again this year. And so I'm excited about that. I'm excited about our challenge. Something that we set up this time is we went ahead and marked. So if you go to unabridgedpod.com slash reading challenge 2022, there are already a lot of blog posts that we had that we just tagged. So they are already on there. So if you're looking to get a head start, I know I like to print out the sheet. There is a sheet you can print out. I like to print out the sheet and fill it out. All of that, again, very optimistic. I feel good about that every year. And then... <laughs> It's always the fall that just things things don't go the way I anticipate. But I do love that process. If you are a person who enjoys that, then there is something you can print out there. But there's also already blog posts and episodes and things that you can click into that have those recommendations. So I just wanted to mention that because I feel like I love that about ours. And I know that I have enjoyed that for other ones that I participate in. is like filling it out, looking at each month and kind of planning for what you might want to do. 
So I'm, I'm doing Uncorked with the Uncorked Librarian again. So her account is the Uncorked Librarian and she is on Instagram. She's based in Asheville and she has a good community there, but then also has a newsletter she sends out that's really helpful. And then there is a Facebook group. So that all of that, I mean, I would say I was a very passive participant in 2021, but I still really enjoyed it. And it was helping me to keep moving. And then the other one that I'm going to add on this year is we are back in the States. And so I am back to my bookshelves, which I was away from for almost all of 2021. And I do want to exactly what Jim was saying. I want to read what I own. And I actually haven't bought a lot of physical books in quite a while, but I still have a lot of things I haven't read. So I think it'll be nice to kind of look at they aren't as desirable in some ways as a lot of the more recent things, but I think just saying I can find 22 of them. I have quite a few in my house that I have not read. So it will not be a struggle to find 22 that I have, you know, that are backlist books, but also I have access to. So I'd like to do that. And then I also think it'll encourage me to read some of the backlists that I just haven't gotten to. Like in 2021, I finally read Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close. That was a backlist book that I absolutely loved. I've been meaning to read it for ages. So I think it's also nice for that, just to like pause and think about like, okay, what has come out that I really wanted to read, but I haven't made the time for. So, and I like to make a list. So I'm going to be doing that one this year for that reason. So I'm going to do all three of those. And I didn't say about 2021, but I always have a count also, a count goal. And this last year I did 100, which was pretty ambitious for me. And I did not quite reach 100, but I was pretty close. I'm going to stick with 100 this year also. So, so that's my goal count. I think we've talked on here before about pros and cons of counting your books. And I think there are some of both. I think that you know, you have to decide what's right for you there. It does help me as a reader to feel a little push as far as a physical count of how many books I've read. But I know for some people that's really discouraging or unnecessary. You know, they read in such a bountiful amount that they don't need it or they read slowly and they don't want to count. So I think, you know, do, do what works for you there. But I didn't remember to say, but that is something I do every year too. Sarah, how about you? I'm going to stick with Beyond the Bookends Reading Challenge for 2022. I love their blog. I think they put out great content all the time and they they have really great content for kids. And so I really like supporting them and their reading challenge. So I'm going to stick with that. And plus, I felt very successful this year and I think their challenge is really accessible for me. So I'm going to stick with that. As I'm listening to you talk, Ashley, I'm like, perhaps I should do the 20 in the backlist one. I'm still going to contemplate that. So maybe I will let you know at the checkup check-in if I did decide to tag that on. I don't want to overwhelm myself, but I also have so many backlist books that I feel like I should read. So I've, that's a TBD, but I'm definitely <laughs> doing our challenge and beyond the bookends reading challenge 2022. How about you, Jen? Yeah, so I, I have two that are the same as well. So I am also doing 2020 backlist in 2022. And I was joking with someone on Bookstagram, like, how many years are we going to do this? You know, are we doing 30 backlist in 2030? But I feel like 22 is reasonable for the number of books I read a year. And one thing that I got to later, and this really echoes a lot of what you all were talking about. So I just kept the list 
a whole stack and I had it stacked in a separate place in my room. And, you know, the TOB happens in March. So I feel like my reading is pretty heavily focused on that early in the year. But I got to the end of summer and realized that I had not made a dent in that backlist book stack. So what I did for the fall is I kind of split up the ones I had remaining and made it a loose goal to read them in particular months. And that was very helpful to me. So I likely will start the year doing that. I'm not going to make it so hard and fast that if I don't get it, I'll be discouraged. Again, compulsive here. So I have to be careful not to set unrealistic goals that then I face major disappointment in like April. I'm going to do Tournament of Books again because I love that one. They've released their long list and I've read some of the books on there. Last year, I had read more books before they released the list than I have this year. So last year, I do have to say I had a bit of a head start. So <laughs> we'll see how that goes. And then the other one I'm going to do, I listen to so many damn books podcasts and periodically they'll talk about the fact that they'll pick an author who they want to read all of their books over the course of a year. You know, it can't be someone who's super prolific. So you couldn't do that with like Stephen King, but I have been wanting to reread and to read Jane Austen. And she has six novels that she published over her life. So she has some novellas and some unfinished manuscripts and things, but she has six main novels. So I'm going to do Austin in 2022. And I thought, you know, that gives me two months per Austin book. And I might, I, I just thought, and I hadn't thought this before, but I can do that as a buddy read. So I might put something up on my account. If people want to read along with me, we can kind of pace that out and, and have nice little chats about Jane Austen's books. So, so those are my picks for, 2022. I love that. That sounds yeah. great. Yeah, we'll see. It, it should be fun. I like Austin a lot. So, and, but yeah, sometimes I need that push to reread or I need that push for the classics. I will just say Ashley and Sarah are both looking skeptically at me because yeah, we've talked well a, a lot about how we feel about Austin classic. That's <laughs> so totally fine. But I, I do like Austin a lot. Yeah. I mean, I think, well, for one thing, I thoroughly enjoyed Anna Green Gables. And so uh -huh. I just want to say that like, I was surprised by the joy of reading it, but also all the things about it. And so it did make me realize that there are times that I really enjoy not just the experience of reading the classic, but also the joy of, of reading it with other people and seeing all of their experiences with the book. I just loved that. I loved like I loved our conversation here on the podcast. I loved listening back to it when I was editing. I loved the book club discussion and all the things that people shared about their experiences when they were kids and then what it was like reading it now. I mean, I just absolutely enjoyed that. So I am I cannot commit because I also feel grave disappointment when I do not succeed at things and have to kind of avoid that when possible. Of course, it's good to push ourselves, but I do recognize that myself. So, I mean, I'm not going to commit to all of that, Jen, but I think there is joy in making the commitment and also in reading it with the group and feeling like you have this community to talk about them with. And then there's that sense of accomplishment of, you know, doing something that you already know you love them, but so that helps. But then it still is pushing you to see it in a new way, to have this new experience with it and to look at it as a body of work, which I think is really cool too. So, And I also think like what I've realized with read, having read, I read Pride and Prejudice this year and also then I was reading Anne of Green Gables. It is nice that as a reader to have those touchstones because so many works are like, like refer back to those types of like books like Pride and Prejudice and Anna Green Gables. And I like having that 
that knowledge as a reader when I read other things that what that's pointing to. As a matter of fact, like I, since we've read Anna Green Gables, which I, I adored, like I, I had to fill out a, a form recently about my favorite books and I put Anna Green Gables Yay. because I just loved it so much. But now when I go shopping, like, I don't know, puff sleeves are in like for women. So there's like puff sleeves, like with a balloon sleeve. And every time I try on something, I'm like, oh, I'm going to have puff sleeves like Anne. <laughs> <laughs> and I just love it so much. Yeah. That's so much fun. <laughs> All right. Well, we would love to know what challenges you are taking on for 2022, how you did with your challenges in 2021. We would love to invite you to participate in the Unabridged Reading Challenge for this year. I am really looking forward to what this community can accomplish together. So to end out our episode, we have a give me one with a vital life-changing question <laughs> here today. Do you like your toilet paper to go over or under? Sarah. Over. What is your choice? No, okay. no, no contest. Over. Mm -hmm. That's Ashley? all I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over as well. 100%. I am too. I am too. It's so funny. So I have to say, I had gotten to this point where I was like, of course it's over. Why would anyone want it to be under? Like it gets stuck if you have a roll that's too big. It's just weird. And, but when I go to my mom's, she is an under. Oh my gosh. And my I'm mom like, is an under too. And like a... <gasps> hardcore under yes. and I, so oh, I know she listens to this place <laughs> <laughs> well I yeah. will say there was one of the places we lived while we were traveling that had a metal thing that sat on top of the toilet paper mm -hmm. and in that case when you pulled it down the piece on the over oh, side which of course yeah. I'm on the other side but every piece broke off <laughs> right and so I had to do under I had to do under there. So I feel like, yeah, because it was square by square. And of course, then my children only used one square, which is not uh -huh. always great. So then, right. <laughs> so then yes. I was like, okay, I'm going to have to pause in my behavior and make a change to right. deal with this. But, but it was a temporary it change. It was a temporary because change. Because clearly over is superior. Absolutely. Back to over. But should there be no obstructions, I'm in favor of right. over. <laughs> There's really funny. There, I saw this on Facebook at one point and someone had an under roll of toilet paper with a big spider sitting on it that you could, of course, not see until you pulled it out, which, you know, it was staged. But yeah, you just never know what's going to happen if it's under. So over is clearly safer also. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you would like to weigh in on this life-changing debate, we would love to know what you think. So thank you so much for listening. And we hope you'll join us for the Unabridged Reading Challenge. If you do want to join us, you can just head over to the website at unabridgedpod.com slash reading challenge 2022. We'd love to have you join us. Thanks so much for listening. Do you have comments or opinions about what you heard today? We'd love to hear them. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at UnabridgedPod or on the web at unabridgedpod.com for ways to support us. To get more involved, you can sign up for our newsletter, join a buddy read, or become an ambassador. Thanks for listening to Unabridged.